Have you ever paid $60 for a haircut? I did. I thought I had a good looking cut, but the cut cut too much, if you know what I mean. I thought I looked good, but I had no hair on my brow because my barber shaved off my motherfucking eyebrows. This is Deals and Scams. I'm Owen. I'm Sandy. And I'm Wayne. Welcome back to Deals and Scams. I'm your host, the broker for this week, Owen. This is the podcast where one of us brings in a deal, one of us brings in a scam, and the third one's along for the ride to decide what's what. And this week, we're doing something that has never been done in the history of podcasting. I am going to do this episode fully blindfolded holy shit okay that's right we are taking this to new extremes here in deals and scams okay because the true essence of a deal or scam it's not corporeal it's and you and i want to be i want to be immersed in the deal and scam this week the way our viewer the way our listeners will be immersed completely by the audio so i will not be able to see anything that's right. right. If if our producer Catherine is typing uh, things, I won't be able to read them. They'll have to be communicated to me via Sandy and Wayne. Nobody if, can stop you. This is no one this can is, stop this me. Is incredible. If I get a alert on my computer screen that says a bus is going to hit me, I will not be able to see it. <laughs> and so we're gonna do this. I don't. As far as I know, no one has ever done a full episode of a podcast fully blindfolded before. Wow, this is incredible. You, you, we're going to have to put this in the uh, the description of the episode. We're going to have to submit this to Guinness. This is going to be huge. This and is- really, I want you guys to know, this is, a, this is kind of a trust exercise because I'm really putting my life in your hands right now. <laughs> That's true. We could, do, we, could, we could do anything. We could do whatever we want. You would have yeah, no idea. See. Yeah. yeah, no, you can put a sign up that says Owen sucks. Yeah. And I can't even... And you can't even tell. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is this is huge. All right. All right. Should we we get into it? So let's get into it. Deliver us the scam. I mean, the deal. The deal is gatekeeping. Okay. Gatekeeping. Gatekeeping is the is the deal. Gatekeeping is the deal. That's correct. Now, this is now this is a hotter take than pugs. I'm going to give you explain, Wayne. Yes. (laughs) Oh, please do. This is huge. This is huge. So. In online communities, there's this big problem that has been attempted to be solved in various ways, but so far has not been solved fully. And I think it really hollows out the um, it really hollows out the communal nature, and it makes it so that people, most people, myself included, have a really hard time finding a place where they feel at home. And getting to know people on the internet. Okay. Um, I'm with you so far. But, but right now, I, wait, this is sounding like a scam. Just, all right. Okay, just, sorry, sorry. You're right. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Sandy and I used to be fans. I mean, I'm currently a fan of this community um, around the YouTuber Matt Colville. Yeah. So shout out to all my call villains out there. <laughs> I and, don't know if anybody calls them that, but yeah. Okay. And... This was so much fun. I loved this online community, but 
nothing really stuck. I, nothing mm. kept me there. I never made any friends. And pretty soon I was just moving on with my life. Mm. And um, I've had the same experience a couple times on my own. And the only conclusion I can come to about why these communities are so ephemeral to me is that unlike real life communities, there are quite literally no barriers to enter and no barriers to leave. Mm. Um, you know, in real life, there's a social cost to never talking to your friends again. Um, and if you want to come back to them, well, there will be so, there, there's a there's some sort of barrier that you have to get over. Yeah, I would so, argue there's also a personal cost. My exactly, there, there's all these costs that sort of keep people that that um, we think would isolate people because they're barriers, but it turns out that the barriers kind of work both ways. And that once you get in a real life community, you're much more, you're much more likely to stay. And this is my thesis. This is, this is the seed. And if you guys hate this seed, then we can disagree. Well, I, I want you to go a little more in depth on the gatekeeping aspect. Exactly. So yeah. the seed of this idea is that people in online communities who attempt to gatekeep you in the comments of the things that you post, mm-hmm. Um, what they're trying to do is erect these like tiny little mud barriers yeah, around right. their communities. And you're like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you just being a dick to me by telling me what a true Dungeons and Dragons fan, what a true Star Wars fan, what a true Star Trek fan <laughs> is. And the reason they're doing that is their feeble attempts to build something longer lasting um, than the feeble ephemeral online community that exists. They're attempting to make their in-group matter. They're attempting to have some cost to enter the in-group and therefore have some cost to exit. Okay. And so, <laughs> okay. so when people gatekeep you... <laughs> we want to get in on this okay, really all right, bad. All right, shut the fuck up. When people gatekeep, I, gatekeep <laughs> you, you should fund... My argument is that you should be thinking, oh, like, this person wants to be friends with me. And I know, I know it's, I know they shouldn't do it. I know it's annoying to be gatekept. I don't gatekeep people. Wait, wait, say the last part. Okay, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say the last part again. When someone someone gatekeeps you, they want to be friends with you 100% of the time. Sandy. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with that. Look, wait, I want to, first of all, I want to give you props because huge claim huge swing to start the episode, huge swing which i love i'm glad we're stoking conflict i'm glad we're fighting that's good that's what we want it's it's exciting but i gotta say so i, I give you props for giving starting with such a bold claim and i think that that is the most generous possible reading of gatekeeping like so generous as to Thank be <laughs> so generous as to be just completely false because here's right. the thing i I don't know about you guys, but there's definitely a guilty pleasure to gatekeeping, which I don't think Wayne touched on. Like, it feels kind of good to be like, haha, fuck you. I know more about uh-huh. this thing than you. And you don't get to be part of this group because I, like, it's a superiority thing, I think, a lot of the time. And that is not conducive to friendship at all, I think. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that, like, because I think so. We're, we're, I think we we should limit this discussion to gatekeeping right. in like online communities specifically, right? Because gatekeeping happens literally everywhere. It happens with like religion and like yeah. you know, it, it happens with like these very serious like 
real world communities. The you pearly know? gates? The exact heaven. Classic Literally? gatekeeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Parks. Damn. They got gates. Yeah. Parks. But I, I think we should keep this to specifically online communities because I, I feel yeah. as though while Wade is correct, you have a diagnosed a problem, which is I agree. I have found it basically impossible to like get invested in any online community in any serious way. I think in part just because it's so easy to just not keep up those relationships or like you could so easily just walk away. But I think the upside of that is that you could engage with an online community exclusively on your own terms in the way that you can't with like a real life community, you know? So I think that there are some pros to that and either way, whatever the case gatekeeping is not the solution it is like, not maybe it's a feeble attempt at a solution and maybe yes. for some people very few people it is well-intentioned but yeah. i highly doubt i 100 agree with owen i think it's mostly about that little like dopamine hit they get when they say actually i know how to yeah how to um actually you. yeah i know the encumbrance rules better than you do fuck you you know yeah well here's the other thing wayne well while you were making this argument I, I couldn't help but hear a different version, which is essentially that I think what, what your argument boiled down to for me was, you know, hazing is okay if it builds team <laughs> spirit. Yeah. And I'm I mean, like, yeah, I nah, think hazing is haz- okay. <laughs> like, people can't say no. Like, just don't eat a goldfish. Like, who cares? Wait, you did, <laughs> like, you're full. <laughs> you're fully ignoring some pretty big things here. What do you like? Okay, the point the of hazing is that you people, get hazed. The reason hazing it's, is a problem is because of like, it's so internal to the person getting hazed. Like, the world does not look like. All right, but. When you're getting hazed, you are under a spell. Like you are yeah, delusional about the reality around you. Like you think you need to do something, you fucking don't, and that's okay. a weakness on your part, dude. Okay, so now the argument you're making about what? <laughs> this is the, crazy. okay. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go back and forth here, Sandy. Give me a second. Okay. As okay. as uh, as broker for this week, yeah, yeah. yeah for me to, it's time for me to do a fucking audit of this man. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, which is the argument you're now giving in favor of hazing to me is very much equivalent to the argument of just don't be depressed if you're depressed. <laughs> so you're just layering these argue these arguments on top of each other. It's not helping your case. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been depressed, Owen, but you know, I, I think you're kind of putting words in my mouth. Okay, exactly. I am. I'm painting you as the villain, Wayne. Yeah, Wade has become the villain between this week and last week's really long story about a pug. Wade has become the villain of this. But podcast. I'm gonna give Wayne. I'm gonna give you chance to redeem yourself here. Mm-hmm. Even though redemption arc. I don't even know. I could just fully put all the details in this on it, but no. Can you tell me an experience you've had with gatekeeping that was positive? Um. Okay, so. This isn't that, but I'm going to take this opportunity to talk more, which is that I think Perfect. when kids are young, um, like uh, I basically I want to differentiate between two kinds of friendship. So I think there's um, enjoyment based friendship, which is the kind of friendship which everyone should um, strive to, which is that you should spend the time with people who you enjoy being around and they genuinely enjoy being around you. 
great idea. I don't think everyone is born practicing that kind of friendship. I think a lot of young kids and a lot of underdeveloped people who live on the internet um, and myself when I was younger practiced a kind of friendship called status-based friendship. So in status-based, status-based friendship happens when you don't really have a concept of enjoying other people. Instead, you have a status, you have um, a conception of status and like coolness. Right. And so you want to hang out with the coolest person who will also hang out with you. And so in order to make friends, you need to show everyone how cool you are. Okay. And gatekeeping You have to own all the cats books. Exactly. You have to own, and you have to read, have read all of them twice. You have to yeah, be yeah, Percy yeah. Jackson. You have right. to know your Harry Potter house. Yeah. You have to, you know. Are these things that. cool? Were these things cool when we were in elementary school? For, I guess yeah, so. in my elementary school, they were cool. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So in gatekeeping, you kind of need to like prove the, the, the answer to a gatekeep is like if someone gatekeeps you, what they're kind of secretly hoping is that you gatekeep them back and they can be like, like, so, 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 so. Well, but doesn't that just prove the point I was making earlier of the superiority? So so your, your point is that it's, it's, it's a sparring match is the idea. It's like they, if you, if I gatekeep you and you respond by gatekeeping me, I now have the opportunity to fawn over you. I, but that's the thing, Wayne. So, to me, I conceptualize this as like a verbal sparring match of like who mm-hmm. has the most like who knowledge. has the biggest dong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But the thing is, <laughs> if I run at you with a knife, that's not mm-hmm. a sparring match. I'm just like, ex- you know, you're just existing, and then I'm trying to kill you. Like, it, it, you're not on equal footing. You're not prepared in the same way that the person doing the gatekeeping is prepared like and even if it is a even if it is a sort of like you know opportunity to prove yourself in the eyes of the person doing the gatekeeping i think that it's if it's not stated as such it's not effective it's just not gonna work the truth of the matter is that it feels really good to gatekeep people and it doesn't feel good to be get gatekept so any socially sentient Mm -hmm. human should not do it right Right. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Because here's the conclusion I've come to. Mm-hmm. Well, first, Sandy, let me get, let me hear your thoughts in response to what Wayne just said. I mean, ultimately, I think that if we broaden Wade's argument and say that it is there is a social function to gatekeeping, then fair enough. I mean, I, I'm willing to concede that, I think. Um, yeah, but... This is this is Sandy. We're not on a podcast called Expanding Wayne's <laughs> Argument. We're on motherfucking deals and scams. You're right. You're right. Where's you're the right. scam? Where's the deal? I'm not seeing I'm not seeing a deal here. Well, look, all right, you're the broker. You 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 deliver, you deliver, deliver judgment. Deliver judgment. I mean, I've got a judgment and I'm about to deliver it. All right. Hit us with it. Exclusivity via exclusion sucks balls. And that's the real scam we're talking about here. Uh-huh. I mean, what other kind of exclusivity is there? Uh, the kind where you don't show it off. Right. I don't know. I, no. I think that ex- any exclusivity necessitates My an point still stands. Yes, but exactly. I agree. It sucks. Like, it feels bad. That's the scam. Because uh-huh. that, when I think about it, and when I think about, because, well, okay, the thing that Wayne did say that was compelling to me, because 
Although I would like to shit on everything Wayne said, I can't because you did say a few <laughs> good things, which were, I mean, you talked about how relationships can be formed online in digital spaces. Hmm. And I mean, it gets me thinking about just how my friendships are formed generally, because definitely I have some online friends. But when I think about how any of my friendships have evolved, none of them have ever evolved out of one person being like, yo, are you cool enough to, you know, there's no, there's never this like exclusion. There's never a, a feeling of exclusion in, in the friendships that I've developed. And I don't want it any other way. Because that, to me, is the scam. Right. Yeah. The real scam for me is um, status-based friendships. You want to have enjoyment-based friendships. Right. I think right. Well, you didn't, you didn't come in the podcast <laughs> saying that. You came in the podcast saying the deal was gatekeeping. And, and, and we have gatekept you by saying, <laughs> name five gates, Wayne. <laughs> All right, Sandy. Give us the deal. All right. So this week's also wait, actually don't give us a deal yet. All right. We got to do, we got to do a quick interlude where I tell our audience, this has been an intense, intense experience with this blindfold. I have not Mm. been able to see either Wayne or Sandy (laughs) for that entire scam. Yeah. Yeah. I want to point out that this is, Owen is keeping this blindfold on. Owen is is sticking to it. And I've been truly so engrossed in this conversation, but at the same time, I'm terrified. So Sandy, give us this deal. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the update. Thank you for the update. All right. So this week's deal, another online um, phenomenon, viral marketing. <laughs> right. Okay. Wait. Did you say give us this week's deal? I'm not doing the deal this week. I'm doing God the damn scam it. this Why, week. So I did that. I did that at the beginning, and then I did it first. <laughs> I introduced Wayne as the scam when Wayne uh-huh. was in fact doing the deal. And yeah. Now I've introduced you as the deal when you were in fact doing the scam. Yeah. Which all right to get this clear. Wayne is deal for the week and Sandy is scam. Sandy yes, give I us scam. the scam. So the scam is viral marketing. When I said viral marketing mm-hmm. is a deal, I was like, who who am like what is this? Who am I? Why <laughs> I am I saying Sandy? This? I tricked yeah, you. Yeah, that's a trick. That's a trick. All right. So the, the scam this week is viral marketing. Now, I want to start off by saying viral marketing, I think, in my opinion, didn't used to be bad. I, I think there was a time in the world. When at like in the early days of the internet, when the viral marketing was a a legitimate marketing strategy that was like kept to the sort of like DIY spirit and like the scrappy nature of that kind of early internet, right? And like mm-hmm. so many things on the internet, it has largely moved to these larger platforms and is now largely controlled by these kind of larger organizations, right? So one of the earliest instances of viral marketing is the Blair Witch Project. Have you guys ever heard of <laughs> heard of this? Movie? Yes. Yeah, wow. I've heard of this viral marketing too. Right. Wait, okay. I didn't Have know you? it was marketing. Yeah. Fill fill me in here. Fill me in. You did know it was marketing. What? Do well, you mean? what is it marketing? What is it marketing? Getting killed by witches? Well, it's marketing for the movie. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the movie isn't marketing anything. <laughs> I was like, what's the movie an ad for? Man, I really thought we were gonna like blow like blow your mind here. This that was disappointing. Because- I mean, well. At the time, yeah, right. People thought it was just a documentary, or like, I mean, that's at least what the, how oh. the story goes. I don't know how genuinely widespread that that line of thinking was, but mm-hmm. basically, in 1999, when uh, the movie came out, the people behind the Blair Witch Project tricked, try, or at least attempted to trick people into believing it was real, right? Mm-hmm. So at the Sundance Film Festival, the director handed out missing posters for the cast. On IMDb, all of the actors were listed as missing, presumed dead. What? Uh, 
in, in for the first year of the film's availability. Um, the, and there were all these like kind of like cryptic clues that were meant to convince the audience that the Blair Witch Project was in fact a documentary and was just genuine found footage that had been cut together to tell this story, right? And it was, it sort of worked. At least it worked in to, you know, to sell the movie because that movie was a huge hit and has mm -hmm. spawned basically a whole subgenre of horror and has been rebooted and they did sequels and and it's this huge thing the person who came up with this idea or is largely mm. credited with coming up with this idea for this viral marketing campaign steven rothenberg um who was a president of one of the studios involved in the production has since got on to like bigger and better things he's like led other studios it it really like made his career right mm -hmm. and yeah i mean and you describing it i was i was almost convinced i was like what if it is a documentary like and it looks you know, like a documentary. Because I was, I was yeah, mad. It looks so right? great. It's, yeah, it's the the visual the visuals of that movie are very terrifying. Yeah, and the actors crazy. aren't recognizable, and they have such a great like acting stressed. Yes, exactly. Like I don't know if they're even like I don't even know if they're like amazing actors, but they're just really I don't know. They're really naturalistic in that movie. I have not seen yeah. them in anything else. Literally nothing else in my you know ever. So, I mean, they're still missing. No, I'm kidding. Exactly. They're, <laughs> they're still presumed. They're dead. probably not. Right. Okay. <laughs> Probably. Well, our, no, our producer can check that. Um, but I think it works, right? And I think in this case, it's exciting because it is a. First of all, it's a great movie. I really like Blair Witch, and I think that it it the film was left with very few options. There was no way for this little movie to compete with these huge blockbusters. Um, and the only way it did so well was because of this marketing campaign. And it was kind of the first movie marketed on the internet. It was this new, exciting thing, right? And I respect that. But Blair but Witch the, here ruined we go. everything. Yeah. After really? Blair Witch, I don't think it was ever used again effectively. Certainly not as effectively. And I'd argue that the spirit of that marketing campaign was totally gone after, after Blair Witch, right? So, so give me, give me some, some context of where it failed. Where what After. failed? Where, where, where like that, subsequent marketing campaigns yes, failed? Yes. Honestly, and so it's been done. I mean, real quick, it's been, I'll give mm -hmm. you a few examples. Like it was done mm -hmm. for the 2008's Cloverfield. That was a big hit, that was a big <laughs> viral marketing campaign. The Dark Knight and the Da Vinci Code and a bunch of other movies around like 2008, um, maybe a little after, um, had like, like, what's it called like ARGs augmented reality games or whatever, where they would like drop little hints or and stuff like about huh. this. Kind uh -oh. of, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like posters around the city and you have to find the clues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was like trying to get people to engage with this movie in a, in a new way. Right. But the thing is it doesn't work because if you also play the trailer before movies and also put up traditional marketing posters and 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 use traditional marketing it's obviously a movie i don't understand it's like yeah it worked with blair witch mm -hmm. because there was no other marketing for that movie mm -hmm. i was gonna say yeah that's totally the connection i think um I, I i don't think you can act all surprised when some very original and creative thing happens and yes. then everyone who comes after tries to emulate it Yes, this is what I like, was going to say. Wayne. Grub the success. Like it's a classic phenomena where someone does something that is, I mean, it's uh, you know unique and original. But let's be real; it also works from like a 
economic or like business per market like marketing yeah is of to course make money like, for the it's thing. effective yeah so it is yeah. effective marketing yeah but then immediately it just um you get like this immediate saturation where everyone just copies it and it loses its effectiveness as like as a as an artistic idea right yeah aside and, from the marketing i don't know yeah i think that i think that in those let's okay i guess we're still talking about like you know the sort of like 2008 era right mm, okay. i think that in those days it's largely inoffensive right it's to me it's much less effective um and maybe it's to be expected right like mm -hmm. it's of course you know somebody has a good idea and maybe i shouldn't be surprised and maybe i'm being too naive right but i would argue what yeah. viral marketing has become these days is mm. kind of i don't know not Tell to us get, what it's become, dude. Yeah, I mean, not to get too, like, kids these days, but, like, it bums <laughs> me out a little bit. Like, I don't know, just, like, when you see the Wendy's account making jokes on Twitter and, like, Netflix making all these memes. I and... mean, viral marketing today does not have the best reputation. So you're kind of kicking on them when they're down. Well, exactly, right? right hold on, hold on, hold on. I would just like to go on the record and say, the ta okay, Taco Bell. Okay. Had a viral marketing campaign. Okay. Which at first I saw it and I was like, this is stupid. I hate this. Viral marketing is the worst. But then the more I looked at it, the more I was like, huh, I kind of like this. They basically took a potato. Okay. Uh, and the CEO of Taco Bell did a voiceover and then the potato is animated speaking. Okay. This announcement. <laughs> Okay. And the potato is also <laughs> underground. And this has since become a meme where okay. just the potato talks. It's kind of like uh -huh. the annoying orange, which okay. also I don't like. I don't like the annoying orange. Is this real? Oh, what are you making this? I'm up? not making this. I'm not making this up. This is a okay. Real okay. But, but speaking but of Taco I'm, Bell, uh, yeah. And viral marketing campaigns, yeah. the Doritos Locos Taco. Oh, <laughs> such <laughs> a deal. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could go for one right now. No. Okay, guys. Hot take. Fuck the Doritos Locos Taco. It's come gross. On. Sandy, you want one though? No. Fuck. You're right, Owen. No, but you're not. Right. Right. Okay, that what? is such a good viral marketing campaign. Yeah, what right? is the viral marketing campaign? I don't. You know You took two things, you put them together. Okay, but that's not what a viral market. I don't know if you guys are understanding what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you need to break it down a little more for us, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what I'm saying is it's a viral marketing campaign because it's not at all about what the actual food. It's about the fact that Doritos yes. are hilarious and Taco Bell is hilarious, and that the CEO is a potato. Right. And yeah. And. <laughs> Yeah, that one, that one is viral and... marketing, right? We can confirm. I, I mean, I suppose, yeah, because I because it was the yeah. the definition of viral marketing, like as as much as there is one, is the idea that like traditional marketing, you get your information from a singular source, and viral marketing, you just you sufficiently disguise the source as to make it so that it feels like you're engaging in this alternative way. You're not just getting information from the source. It's like decentralized information, you know? Yes. And I think that neither of those things that you're describing, I guess the potato, potato works. Potato. If it, no, if I it mean, spawned a bunch of memes, but the Doritos yeah. Locos Taco is just a product. That yeah, that's just, I, I yeah, that's just a product. It's a joke. I feel like the Doritos Locos Taco is inherently <laughs> yeah, sorry. a joke. Yeah, I'm confusing what jokes with viral marketing. Yeah, but... Wow, that's slander. That is, that is not a joke. That is a delicacy. It... It's 100% a joke. Come on. You can't tell me. It's like, <laughs> right, it's probably I, I bet you a bunch of people were sitting around. They're like, fuck you. What do we do? What like, do we you know, do? I, let's make a product oh. that people will get high and laugh at. 
and that yeah. will sell that product. And that was the whole idea for the Rio Locos Taco. I fucking hate that but, product. But it kind of worked. I mean, all right. That I mean, yeah, aside. it Doritos worked. Locos aside, but... I do, Sandy, I do feel what you're saying with, okay, you guys know that meme. Um, I forget what show it's from. The dude who's like 30, he has a skateboard. He's in a high school and he's like, hey, kids, yeah, I'm Steve old. Shimmy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what does yeah. he say? He doesn't say, hey, kids, he I'm says, old. Hello, he says, like, fellow kids. Yeah, okay. hey, <laughs> that kids, makes a lot I'm more old. sense. I feel Hello, like that was like kids. 30 Rock, right? Yes, it was 30 Rock. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. But like definitely the stereotype of of uh, companies not having awareness when they're doing viral marketing and coming across as that yeah. is definitely true. And I think we're in this weird time period where like everyone kind of, we've all developed the this acute awareness about advertising. Because it is true. Like we, I don't think we realize how much awareness we actually do have about advertisements yeah i agree um as consumers no dude but um, like okay and maybe maybe we're also brainwashed Wayne. but hold on um which is just that uh yeah i don't know i feel like companies are also starting to realize that though so it's this weird time of like them embracing it i.e taco bell potato uh where they were just like fuck it we're just gonna do something that is so obviously a grab for like internet virality that it doesn't matter it's like meta almost right right. so i don't know but i still agree that generally viral marketing disguising what it really is via as you were describing it before i'll agree it's a scam wayne what were you gonna say dude corporate meme accounts are only going to get better they're going to get medical grades so fast because you know who gets hired um, by marketing teams to do their memes. It's the people who can routinely get a billion upvotes on Reddit and Twitter by making memes and shit. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. I feel like we're... we're Wait, we're, really? Yeah, yes. dude, think about it. If you were getting like a million likes every day, uh-huh. one, no one would know your name because people don't get credit for memes. Uh-huh. But two, like you could just waltz up to a company and be like, hey, I'm awesome on the internet. Pay me lots of money. And they would say what? yes. Dude, you can't tell me. The Hamburglar isn't the one running the McDonald's <laughs> Twitter account, Wayne. Dude, I'm not telling you that. I, he is, right? Wait, so you're telling <laughs> me the Hamburglar's just like, memer. just has a, a hundred million upvotes on Reddit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, the Hamburglar has fucking, God. he nah, posts right. so many deep fried memes. Okay, guys, we're, fucking, deep we're fried buying memes. in. <laughs> guys, this is fucked up. Stop talking about the Hamburglar. I hate this. This is just, I feel like we're I did it. this is viral marketing. <laughs> no. Sandy, I just sold you a Big Mac. Fuck. I bro, Fuck, I'm already Owen. eating a Big Mac. <laughs> Owen can't see, well, but I am. Yeah, Owen, you can't see, but we're both eating. <laughs> yeah, Big Macs I, I just right have to now. believe you. I have to. I actually don't want a Big Mac. I'd rather have a Doritos Locos time. <laughs> <Yo, laughs> okay, let's stop talking about these. Yeah, we're gonna I stop feel- talking about this because because I think I'm I'm gonna make a judgment. But Sandy, okay. I'll give you I'll give you one last time to say anything else you want to say before. All right. We well, my closing thought is that I feel as though we're entering this period of this like advertising arms race where all Uh these companies are racing to be the most ironic and the most relevant (laughs) and the most (laughs) self-deprecating but also the most selling their product Uh, and it's it's like some weird weird version of mad yeah and like exactly and i'm like i don't know and yes our our knowledge of and awareness of advertising has gone up but like not as fast as them they're always going to be faster, you know? Yeah, they're working at this shit 24 hours a day. Exactly. And we got shit to do. We have to, like, work mm-hmm. and eat and live our lives. And they don't. 
all they have to do is make memes. All they have and, to do is burgle hams. <laughs> exactly. And it's weird, you know? I don't know. I, yeah, again, and here's... Sandy, I'm, yeah. I'm ready for this judgment. Okay, I'm ready, okay. I'm ready to give this judgment. Yeah, because hit, hit, I hit think, the judgment. I think I now have seen the through line of this episode. Okay. And I think the true scam... I agree that viral marketing is a scam, but I think there's a bigger scam at play here. Okay. And it is a scam of over of being oversaturated of being constantly exposed to this type of media you're describing at such a volume that it yeah it just becomes like noise and garbage and that is why or not why but i'll remind our, our listeners that i'm wearing a blindfold because i didn't want to be oversaturated oh, i just wanted shit. the audio experience and so i think we need to take a step back from from all the media we consume sometimes and put on the blindfold and not look at the Wendy's Twitter account, not go on Reddit. You know how in like um, 50 years ago, they discovered that like smoking was bad for you. Uh huh. Yeah. I think in 50 years, they'll find that overconsumption of media is like bad for your health or something. And it'll start prescribing mm. blindfolds. Oh, it's ahead of the curve. <laughs> I think Owen is oh, ahead of the curve. I'm way ahead of the curve. I agree. I think you've defeated viral marketing. You've defeated the Blair Witch Project. There's nothing that can get you now, Owen. Every gate is open. And that is deals and scams, everybody. This has been an incredible episode. A Perfect super, episode. super, super special thanks to Perfect Catherine, episode. our producer for producing. And Sandy and Wayne for being my my auditory guides. Oh my God! Can I take this thing off? What do you guess? Yes, answer? do it, do it. You survive. Oh, we can submit this shit. to Giddis. We can officially this, this submit has been, this to Giddis. Oh, this has been an extreme. Oh, the light! It's blinding. <laughs> it's, it's blinding my eyes. Holy oh. shit! That was that was exhilarating, guys. That was a good episode. I was I. That was a great episode. I was very into that. All right, this week we got some fan mail. Let's open this <laughs> up here. Sick. Well, what do we got, Wayne? Beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. <sighs> fucking robots. Ah, goddamn bots. <laughs> fucking robots. Goddamn bots if you're a robot, chat. fuck you. Don't listen to this. <laughs>